0: Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories,
1: change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT and T.
2: Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast "How Rude Tanneritos.
3: This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
4: You're listening to Waiting on Reparations, a production of iHeartRadio.
0: Two heteros wed together, the wetting genitals central to its. The pleasure of parenthood is parenthetical to your period's missing. And it's being missing gets conspicuous. You're pissing on a stick and shit, shit, shit. Okay, what the issue is? A pinch of fetal tissue. It's a daughter, it's a parasite. It's an honor, it's gotten you terrified. It's a daughter, but she's got to go. Could you spare her life? Could you prepare her right if you tried? Are you the parent type? Prepared to fight for the right of choice and yet embarrassed by the choice. If it's just a parasite, why your eyes are moist? Because it's difficult to call the child the choice when a tiny voice inside you was crying out that it's your pride and joy. Because nobody tells you, you conceive it, you can grieve it. Because all we see is the stigmatization of a procedure feeding off misinformation and trait and conversation for secrets.
4: I am dope knife. I'm Lainel
0: Franca. And we are waiting, waiting on, on, reparations. on reparations. Hurry
4: up! So, how's everybody doing? Oh, I don't know why I keep fucking asking how everybody's doing out there. I want to
0: know. Oh, I, yeah. how I are keep you, thinking. Listeners?
4: I keep thinking that we're live. Oh, I misperforming. Anyway, okay, so it is a little bit after eleven, and in a little under an hour, it's gonna be. Lingua Franca's birthday!
0: Hey. <laughs> Do I sound really excited?
4: <laughs> you feeling you feeling good there about that?
0: I, it's funny because I was talking to my family today, and they were talking about next year, the big three zero for mm-hmm. me, and mm-hmm. so how we're gonna all get together once hopefully, you know, coronavirus is behind us, yeah. and it's like the last big birthday milestone I have till I'm forty. I mean,
4: after that, so, then it's I think it's it's best to start celebrating it in five-year intervals after that. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what is going to occur politically between when we're recording this Monday night and on Thursday when you guys hear this.
0: I have some predictions.
4: You have some predictions? Uh, this This is, in a way, this is similar to our very, very first episode, The Emergency, because something happened on the fly that we felt, Hey, we we took a break so we could work on some new episodes, and then something else happened that yeah you know, we kind of felt we had to address. But before we get into all of that, Mariah, why don't you tell everybody about the work that you're doing this past weekend?
0: Yeah, so on Saturday, I drove down to Osilla, Georgia. It's about three and a half hours from here to the Irwin County Detention Center, where a group called SOMO South Georgia were putting together a protest. In support of the folks being held there, as well as the women who um, it was revealed have been given forced hysterectomies at the center there, and so there were folks who came out from all over. There, I met um, some folks from Florida, folks from Atlanta, representing.
4: Was it, was it thick or was it?
0: Yeah, it's like a hundred people came through. Yeah, I met a, a girl who drove down from Indiana. So folks came from all over. And we had like a caravan slash march. Um, they wanted us at first to all just be in like a car caravan, like honking to let the Taines inside know that we were outside, you know, in solidarity with them. Partially because there was like an armed fascist presence. I
4: was just about to say, was there was there a police presence? There's
0: heavy police presence. Yeah, cop cars everywhere, 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 um, as well as like some. Like armed guys and pickup trucks with like Trump flags hanging. They're off getting the, bold with it, yo. Yeah, and so thankfully we didn't have much interaction with the cops or with the um, the fascists. Uh, there was like a small altercation, but I wasn't really um, there for that. I just saw some video online afterwards, but it was really cool. Mostly because um, the the speakers that we, you know, afterwards gathered and heard from some folks from throughout South Georgia and the intersectionality of the struggles related to,
2: um,
0: you know, ice and, like, the prison industrial complex and, like, women's bodily autonomy, like, especially with the passage of... the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg um, the night before, thinking about... um, the pro-life movement and like it's silence around like what what's been happening down at Irwin uh, County Detention Center because we had folks talking about the fact that they um, had seen this this doctor before had been treated by him and he had actually like recommended uh, hysterectomies for folks who wanted to have children and so like the way that we conceive of a woman's right to choose as Kind of unidirectional, like we think about the right to an abortion, but also how important it is to enable folks to have kids if they want it, to have like the economic conditions in their lives and the healthcare options available in their, to them in their lives to like have kids if they want it, and like that that autonomy is is bidirectional. Like you know, it's a it's your right to ch- do do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, and so we heard from folks representing like Black Lives Matter, who was like highlighting the fact like they had
4: speakers and stuff they had speakers okay.
0: yeah who were um talking about how many uh you know black detainees there are we think of it as a struggle that is faced by folks from you know south america and central america and mexico but like actually a lot of det- detainees are haitian or yeah. cameroonian or you know or a lot of places and so you know black immigrant lives matter too um, and so, yeah, it was really exhilarating, and uplifting, um, even though I kind of departed wishing, like, protests. I mean, we got to do what we can. We got to be out here in the streets. But, like, you know, we drove away and those detainees are still behind those walls and, you know, are still You're still
4: there tonight.
0: They're still there tonight. Yeah. And, yeah, that kind of, like, haunted me and stayed with me. And so I'm kind of glad we're talking about Roe v. Wade today with, like, some of those messages lingering after uh, that protest of, like, hearing from folks talk about their experiences with the reproductive health care reproductive rights um and remembering how all these struggles are, are intertwined
4: so with the sudden passing of supreme court justice ruth bader ginsburg over the weekend it just felt particularly timely to talk about the subject of abortion and roe v wade the struggle for women's bodily autonomy and what hip-hop is that to say about the topic over the years So let's get into a little history about this epic, landmark Supreme Court ruling back in 1973.
0: So in 1969, 22-year-old Texas resident Norma McCorvey became pregnant with their third child. She decided two kids was enough. But in Texas at the time, abortion was illegal except when necessary to save the mother's life. And so McCorvey, or Jane Roe, as she was known in the courts and the media, filed a lawsuit in federal court against her local district attorney, Henry Wade, claiming that the law banning most abortions in Texas was unconstitutional.
4: Now, first, the U.S. District Court of the Northern District of Texas ruled in her favor, but the Supreme Court of Texas appealed this directly to the Supreme Court, who would go on to hear the Roe v. Wade case.
0: So, in January of 1973, the Supreme Court ruled 7-2 to 2 that the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment to the Constitution, providing for the right of privacy, also protects a pregnant person's right to choose to have an abortion or not, which struck down many state and federal abortion laws. Of note, the
4: author of the Supreme Court Roe v. Wade opinion, Justice Harry Blackmun. Is that how you say
0: that? Blackmun? I think so, yeah.
4: Well, he was a Nixon appointee, and he was joined by two of the other three Nixon appointees at the time.
0: So there was a point in time in which Roe v. Wade enjoyed bipartisan support, De facto by the, you know, by right of their appointee, their appointment to the court by Nixon.
4: So they're not even doing it for necessarily ideological reasons, but because
0: what the law says, yeah, yeah. So granted, this did not strike down all state restrictions on abortion. Indeed, the court ruled that these rights must be balanced against the government's interest in protecting women's health and protecting prenatal life. A balancing test they resolved by saying that during the first trimester of pregnancy, governments could not prohibit abortion at all. But During the second trimester, the government could require reasonable health regulations and that... During the third trimester of pregnancy, abortions could be entirely banned except in cases where they were necessary to save the life or health of a pregnant person.
4: I'm trying to remember which comedian it was. I think it might have been like Bill Maher back in the day who had a little a bit where he was like, if dudes could get pregnant, you'd be able to get an abortion at the drive through at McDonald's.
0: Yeah, you could get them <laughs> with the vending machine. Yeah. Some shit. <laughs> But as a result of this balancing test and the way that it allowed for some state restrictions on abortion, as a result, laws vary significantly from state to state. For example, 12 states restrict coverage of abortion in private insurance plans, and 45 states allow individual health care providers to refuse to participate in an abortion. And then 42 states also allow institutions to refuse to perform abortions.
4: 18 states mandate that women be given counseling before abortions that include information, On at least one of the following, the purported link between abortion and breast cancer in five states, the ability of a fetus to feel pain, that's in 13 states, or the long-term mental health consequences for the woman, and that's in eight states.
0: 26 states require a woman seeking an abortion to wait a specified period of time, usually 24 hours, between when she receives this counseling and when the procedure is performed. 13 of these states have laws that effectively require the woman to make two separate trips to the clinic to obtain a procedure. In places like Georgia, where we have, I don't know, three providers in the whole state, that would mean driving several hours to go get your counseling, also not only afford the abortion, but also afford a hotel room to stay the night to then actually have the procedure the next day.
4: And then, like, the last is parental involvement, and 37 states require some sort of parental involvement in a minor's decision to have an abortion. Uh, 27 states require one or both, both parents to consent on the procedure, while 10 require that one or both parents be notified. So the idea that anywhere in America that there exists abortion on demand whether you think that's wrong or right or not is another thing. But the fact that anybody thinks that that exists is proof of how effective the propaganda is.
0: Yeah, it's it's really interesting that folks, I think, like, a, a lot of, like, libs that in blue states aren't even going to be impacted by this at all yeah, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um,
4: that's the point. The point, yeah. the point is that it becomes a privilege. Right. And that only rich people can do it.
0: Yeah, abortion will always be available to rich people. This just makes it harder for poor people to have the right to choose what happens in their lives. And if worse comes to worse and Trump is able to install a new Supreme Court justice before January who would seek to overturn Roe v. Wade, Planned Parenthood, the nation's largest abortion provider, says that sweeping bans could be imposed in 20 states that are home to an estimated 25 million women of childbearing age.
1: Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime Annual Plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.
3: Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy.
4: Last year's anti-abortion legislation in several southern states sparked a mini outcry from some mainstream hip-hop figures. Atlanta rapper Offset from the group Migos, as well as Dreamville rapper J.I.D., had some tweets to say about the topic, with Offset stating, quote, The new laws is slavery to force rape victims to keep the child is slavery. I'm not proud to say I'm from America. And J.I.D. chimed in with, quote, The Georgia abortion bill shit is fucking dumb. This country don't give a fuck about women for real. Perhaps the most outspoken of the mainstream hip-hop figures to speak about those abortion bans was Alabama rapper Chica, who got to use the Jimmy Kimmel stage to do her song Richie vs. Alabama, which was directly about the issue at hand.
0: Yeah, Alabama, they were trying to criminalize abortion by passing a heartbeat bill, meaning the six-week banning abortion after the six-week mark, wherein most women have no idea that they're pregnant, but that's when the fetal heartbeat is first detected. I mean, bans like these impact poor people and people of color the most. Um, Black women have been found to be four times as likely as white women to have an abortion in our lifetimes. And these laws are often passed in states like Georgia, like Alabama, that have high populations of people of color. Um, In who also through, you know, defunding of social services through like a weekend social safety net have little in the, in the ways of time and resources to be traveling multiple hours to go to a clinic or to go make an appointment twice if you have to sit through counseling um, or even, you know, a- accessing the healthcare to have an OBGYN you see regularly to, uh, you know, find out if you're pregnant for sure within yeah. a time frame where you can actually go see someone to get the procedure if you need it. So um it's no surprise, really, um, that hip-hop is spoken out, given the way that does impact communities of color disproportionately.
4: So what do you think is at the heart of the argument for those who are against abortion? Like, those people who would call themselves pro-life, do you do you think it's, like, a genuine argument, or that is coming from a genuine place? Or are we... You know the or at the root of it are we just talking about misogyny, internalized and original recipe?
0: <laughs> it's hard for me to say because i'm I don't know intimately a ton of pro-life people or mm-hmm. don't choose to spend a lot of time discussing these matters with those who I do know. I can't help but feel like it's about just grinding the least among us into abject misery through and purely because of its coupling with you know this this staunch opposition to abortion with this commitment to defunding social services to make it impossible for if you have a child that you can put them put the child in in pre-K and have access to childcare uh that they have good schools that they could go to that you have a job that pays you enough to make sure the kid can, you know, have the right baby books and get the nice formula and have the, you know, all the diapers and all the things that you need. Like, I can't help but see these two um, these like policy fetishes wedded together within a singular ideology. It, it can't be anything but pure malice.
4: If you show me the person that exists that is like anti-gun, is against every war, who's saying no death penalty for anyone, feed the homeless, take care of the poor, and also they're a pro-life. I don't have to agree with that person, but at least I could accept that the person. Their, as their consistency is coming from yeah. a genuine place that is like, hey, you believe that shit. You know what I'm saying? But some motherfucker who's got Trump 2020 on the back of their pickup truck and then they own like 75 guns... Having wet dreams about killing Antifa and shit. Talking about Save the Children pro-life get the fuck out of here with that shit
0: yeah and like I love war I, and... I can't
4: I can't look past that cause it's an issue of honesty at that point it's like the whole premise of the argument is false so then it just comes across like you're disingenuous yeah and you feel like a big fucking troll and then I don't even want to engage with you to hear any yeah. of your blah blah blah
0: I can't help but feel that way and I think it might be you know a lack of understanding Like maybe if I like truly understood where people are coming from with like that that empathy factor. Yeah, but just when you look at that whole suite of policy obsessions together, it just doesn't it doesn't seem like anything but uh, trying to make life totally miserable for a certain subset of the population subset of the population.
4: If it looks like a duck, it quacks like a duck.
0: Quack quack. So, Mac, you came across some original research, right, on this uh, topic?
4: Yeah, I came across an original research article titled Abortion in Contemporary Hip Hop, a thematic analysis of lyrics from 1990 to 2015. It's pretty formal research with the objective to evaluate the representation of abortion in contemporary hip hop, gaining insight into a myriad of attitudes of abortion in the black community. And it was put together by...
0: Rashish Pram Kumar... Catherine Brown, Biftu Mangesha, and Andrea V. Jackson.
4: Pretty much what they did is they used the rap lyric search engine Genius and compiled some keywords and phrases having to do with family planning, abortion, etc. And they analyzed it and, you know, went through what they found. Now, the most obvious and striking result to me was that out of the 6,577 songs available... A total of 101 songs performed by 122 individual artists met the criteria. The majority of the artists were black men. Five artists were black women.
0: <laughs> huh. I mean, I think just the, like, I feel like that's proportionate to the numbers, the number of, like, professional recording artists. Like, you know, men versus women. It doesn't surprise me that there are so many men speaking out on an issue if it doesn't really have, fucking, a thing to do with them. It's not really their fucking business. I mean, like, okay, okay. I
4: oh, don't know. That number seems mad low, yo. <laughs> like, like, I mean, I think that first of all, I think way more women rap than is represented in that number, right? Or is that true? What?
0: I mean, like, the, like if we're also filtering it through the lens of just bias in the industry, mm-hmm. there's a lot fewer professional okay. female recording artists on
4: a level that. Well, not
0: even. I mean, I don't even yeah, like, I don't, the even, I don't pop even know. Scene. There's like five of us. Versus, I don't know. Like all y'all dudes.
4: Well, I mean, if this list has like a 100 or so male rappers that are rapping about abortion, and then you got like 50 or so female rappers talking about it. Then I but I mean five because I can think off the top of my head, five rappers that are female that I know aren't on this list that I don't know. Or maybe I was naive, but I, I just expected that whether it be the issue of abortion directly or the things around that, I thought this list was going to be filled with female MCs. Now, some key themes that they found in terms of how abortion was used in songs was... The use of abortion as braggadocio, equating abortion with sin, genocide, murder, male pressure for women to seek abortion, and and uh, specific association of Planned Parenthood services with abortion. Now, I did not use their, their collection of songs to put together our list. Um... But with that said, I found, just keeping it real, the general attitude towards the topic of abortion in hip-hop over the years has been one from a, I think, stark and undeniable conservative angle. I mean, hip-hop being what it is, and you hear in the results, it's obviously a male-centric point of view, but even... When it's the women of hip hop speaking on the subject, it's rarely, if ever, presented as like a joyous celebration of liberation, you know? And there's definitely a heavy religious angle to it, too, but, you know, that can be something that we can even cover in another episode. But let's get to these songs.
0: Yeah, so let's dig into some of these representations, starting with Dougie Fresh.
4: And the track Abortion,
1: 1986. Girl, you must be crazy to kill a newborn baby. See?
0: Yikes. Yo, nah, what? <laughs> Yo, y'all need to see <laughs> Mariah's face right now. So he's just buying into like the fucking welfare queen.
4: Even on 80s standards. Yeah. That shit that's is really a trash bad. Beat. That's, that's a trash. Trash, trash, no, trash that's song. Trash song. Okay, so first of all, it opens up with Rockabye Baby. You know how, like, in all the movie trailers now, they play like a familiar theme? But with creepy piano, well, this shit's got the creepy piano version of Rockabye Baby to start it out, like you're getting ready to watch the new Chucky movie or some shit. It really comes across as like some Christian right. The more that you go into it, it really is on some like Christian right shit. Uh, Some of the lyrics include, all of us were born into a life of sin. That's something in the genes buried deep within. On the hook, he raps about the world's morals being out of proportion. And then, of course, to start off the fucking song, he's saying, girl, you must be crazy to kill a newborn baby. So, I mean, yikes. (laughs) Yikes.
0: Fucking yikes.
4: But to give or take life, you got to pay the price. What does that mean? What price does that mean? I'm pretty sure that I remember in 2016 when Trump was running for office. And he was yeah, yeah. saying that if if, somebody, if a woman uh, gets an abortion, the, she should, you know what I'm saying, be charged with yeah, a crime. Yeah,
0: prosecuted.
4: So, sounds just in line with that. Ripped
0: it straight out of the 1986 Dougie Fresh joint.
4: I mean, yeah, this shit straight up, it's like it's like some religious propaganda. Super high cringe levels. All right, let's go to the next, next one.
0: We got La Femme Fatale, or La Femme
1: Fetal?
4: Yeah, La Femme Fetal by Diggable Planets. This song is...
1: It has always been around. It will always have a niche. But they'll make it a privilege, not a right. Accessible only to the rich. Hey.
0: Pro-life. Damn, Talk about fighting the fucking fascists in 91. What's up? So, yeah, it definitely has a strong narrative approach. Yeah,
4: no, it has a storytelling approach um, that finds Butterfly, the rapper, being called over to some friend's house who just found out they were pregnant. Um, They want to get an abortion. They're worried about being harassed by anti-abortion protesters at the clinic. And the song just plays out as, like, you know, this guy having a conversation with his friends. I can almost imagine the story taking place in, like, the 1970s or something. If you know Diggable Planets or have ever heard them, especially that first album, Reachin', it has, like, that retro, jazzy vibe to it. So I can almost imagine this story playing out in the 70s before Roe v. Wade or shortly
0: after. Yeah, it's very spoken word. Like, and it's very political. They talk about the socioeconomic like pressures that weigh into the decision of keeping a child or not.
4: And out of all of these songs, it's the only one where Roe v. Wade is actually addressed directly by name.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they clearly call out uh, anti-abortion activists as fascists and talking about fighting the fash.
4: And the way the butterfly went about writing that conversation with his friend telling him that she's pregnant
0: our love was a third and spontaneity has brought a third <laughs>
4: <laughs> but due to our youth and our economic state we wish to terminate and for this we don't feel great but baby that's how it is
0: that's how it is
4: that's one of those stink face bars yo when a rhyme is so dope that should just make you you make a face like you smell something stink mm. The next the next one is also like a really creative take on the issue. This is Gene Grey with My Story.
2: I'm cold, floors, and I
0: pause, and I think, keep it. I'm lost, my four friends know. And just fuck the boys' apartments for rent, so I'm all always-
4: Damn, that shit's dope. So she spoke to DJboof.com about the song and said the following.
0: The whole idea was, no, I wanted to do a song that was this real about it taking you into the room, the anesthetic. You're going through the whole process, especially experiencing it as a teenager and not having anyone to share it with.
4: I'm not really sure whether it's autobiographical or she's playing characters in the different verses or not. It sounds like some of it is drawing from, like, or it feels like some of it is drawing from real experiences. Real experience. But then some of it is yeah. like, oh man, I had no idea that Jean Grey went through that if that's yeah. real, you know. Um, there's a part where she talks about having three kids you'll never see.
0: It's still being equated to, to murder, murder somewhat. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's that's real. Like, that sense of regret, regardless of what your stance is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in my own experience, like, being, like, very staunch feminist and, like, oh, of course, like, you know, being 22, 23 years old, I thought, like, oh, I can't, you know, have a kid. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that lingering sense of, that lingering sense of, like, wondering what could have been... And if you made the right decision, et cetera, I think yeah, that hits everyone. And so that's really real. Those thoughts I think they can exist at the same, at time, the same time for sure. Yeah. I mean, these days I'm very glad for what I did mm. that I have the life that I have now. I definitely still don't think I you know, I could have you know be a good parent at this point in my life mm. and I wouldn't want to put a kid through that. Um But, uh, yeah, you can, like, know you did the right thing and feel bad about it at the same time.
4: True. So, popular rapper Nicki Minaj has touched on the subject a couple times in her songs. With one of her songs, All Things Go, she makes a little bit of a reference about getting an abortion as a teenager. It's really just in passing. It's not really a focus at all. But in an earlier song, Autobiography, she goes into it with a whole verse.
0: Yeah, I think she's working through a lot of the questions that come up, the things that linger on your mind. And I think that's like healthy. And I'm kind of happy for her that she had an artistic space in which to do that because uh, they are things that can stay with you for a long time. Yeah. I don't want people to think that's all it is like to be too scared to go forward with something that's right for you because of these representations of the mental anguish. It's just like, uh, yeah, it is like a complex thing. There's a sense of relief and a sense of like getting your life back. And then there's, you know, also these glimpses of just wondering.
1: The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount plus and the stakes have never been higher.
4: All right, next is someone who's kind of become a show favorite at this point, but this is no name with the song "Bye Bye Baby."
0: So yeah, it's per- it's personification, she says to DJBoost.com, of a mother who has an abortion and the baby. I feel like whenever I hear people talking about abortion, they typically take the love out of it as if it can never be a loving act, as if it's only done out of hate or desperation. I know women who have gone through that experience, and there hasn't been, like, a song for them, or a moment of catharsis and healing for them in music. The shit was just important to me as a woman, as someone who cares about these women. I mean, I think that's dope to try to create through art a space of healing for other people a sense of catharsis when they see themselves reflected in the content of a song important part of normalizing that the the turbulence of that decision-making process books go through the anguish of of figuring out what's right for them and so I think it's really done
1: make the oh, yeah. and since a man can't make one he has no right to tell a woman when and where
4: to create one so will the real men get up? That's the famous Tupac line from the song, Keep Your Head Up. I can only speak for myself, but I would imagine that there's a lot of men my age whose whole, like, opinion on the topic was based off of hearing that line when they were, like, 12 or 13. Yeah, yeah. I know I was. Like, no cap, for real.
0: Yeah, I I feel like given some of the pervasive stigma on abortion within, like, the black community and then within the hip-hop community especially this was sort of like the vanguard mm-hmm. of him to say at that point in time yeah even I mean- that just a couple years earlier dougie fresh was talking about how <laughs> our morals are all blown out of proportion and shit
4: all right up next oh boy look i'm just we keep it real on this show all right? just call it how I see it. Next one is pretty cringy as well, but this is uh Nick Cannon with Can I
0: Live. Oh my god. <laughs>
1: hey, wait, you see me in your sleep so you can't your dream. dollars that's the price of living. What? Mommy, I don't like this clinic. Hopefully you make the right decision.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Whew. Wrap it up Nick Cannon.
4: Um, okay, so first thoughts, that's bad. I, so he raps as if he's, you know, like he's the baby in his mother's womb and he's like, I guess, talking to her with telepathy or something and is trying to convince her not to go through with the abortion. So, like, he's saying shit like, mommy, I don't like this clinic. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Um, He's even squirming so that she feels him moving and the hook has the refrain can i live and they say that a couple times by anthony hamilton on the hook it is it's kind of cringe but at the end of it he's got a little disclaimer ad libs where you know he kind of lets you know that it's just a story and he's not passing any judgment as a matter of fact let me read this verbatim because i want to quote him on this all right and these ad libs nick says this is real uplifting y'all i ain't passing no judgments ain't making no decisions I'm just telling you my story. I love life, and I love my mother for giving me life.
0: And I think those, you know, those perspectives are valuable, too, to let people know that in a world where you may feel forced to to uh, not have your child, if you choose to do that yourself and, like, find joy in that and find joy in motherhood, that's a beautiful thing, too.
4: Um. We didn't include the Lauren Hill song Zion on this list, but her song Zion is pretty much about that same exact concept of her getting pregnant at the height of her fame and the people around her telling her, you know, that she should get rid of the child, but her keeping it, Now, the joy in her world is Zion. Y'all know, y'all know that fucking song. I didn't put it on here because it don't got no raps in it. Next, we got... Common And this song actually Features Lauryn Hill But this is his song Retrospect for life
1: Talk about two Must have really thought I was God To take the life Of my son I could have Sacrifice going out To think my homies did it I used to joke about From now on I'ma use self control Instead of birth control Cause $315 Where is he referring? getting
0: An abortion for $315 I want that fucking deal Well you gotta You gotta you remember You clipping his like, group on What the is like 97
4: It's like 97 okay, about it's 95
0: You know Yeah <laughs> (laughs) Inflation is a bitch. It really is.
4: Either that or those are like (laughs) fucking Walmart value sales or something. I don't know.
0: I don't want to hate. I don't want to judge or anything. I think think it does a very nuanced... Represent, it's a very nuanced representation of the conversation that people have.
4: Yo, no, I agree with you 100. percent I think if for somebody who's worried about messaging, the first verse by itself can might make you a little, uh, what way is the song leaning? But when you take the whole song into account, it paints like a bigger picture about like what. Commons trying to say with the song as a whole the first verse definitely with some of judgmental the, yeah, yeah some yeah. of the other things that we've listened to but, but that second verse does come in strong to kind of just round it out and not even necessarily switch up what he's talking about from the first verse but just giving you a more you know rounded uh opinion about it but we're gonna end it there we've got a ton of notable mentions for you just some other songs for you to check out that are about this topic if you're interested um j cole has lost ones tech nine has a real interesting one called real killer um arrested development the group not the show they had a track called warm sentiments and that was dope as well I think we gotta end the show. That's about
0: it for the day. Trying to trying to feel like I mean, it's past
4: it's past twelve, so it's, it's your birthday. You're officially twenty nine. We gotta get the birthday freestyle. In. Okay, birthday freestyle. Birthday real quick,
0: since my mother chose to have me, let's do a little do a little celebration freestyle.
4: So make sure you go check out iHeart Reparations on Instagram. Shout out to Juan Cosby for the beats this episode. Hit us up on our personal shit. Do all that shit. Aight? Do it.
0: <laughs> uh uh uh
4: Rest in peace, uh, RPG. Uh, uh.
0: Uh, uh, uh Uh, dope, dope, Yo, federal abortion law About to get struck down What the fuck? How they gonna go and pick a judge now? RBG so hasn't even seen sun now But they are gonna go and try to stop me From driving to Atlanta in my jalopy Sit down in the little clinic lobby Wheezing and sobbing When I think about trying to be a mommy Not me I got too many jobbies
4: and hobbies. Yo, yo, McConnell said he got the votes, so he say. But they really want to overturn Roe v. Wade. They want to push the judge through with no delay. It's like 2016, they press replay. You can see the hypocrisy. But these motherfuckers looking like them Nazis be. If they get another judge, homie, we will not be free. Protesting outside, they will lock these streets. With the power to be killing truth And Trump's gonna pardon out Dylan Roof Don't follow the mold Don't care what you told You don't gotta like Biden I don't care if he's old But if you think that's crazy It really gonna be bad When they bring back slavery Shit
0: <laughs> I'm Lingo Franco
4: I'm Dope Knife We are waiting on reparations Maria See you next week Waiting on Reparations is a production of iHeartRadio.
0: Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.